This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get the discussion started. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. So we started the show talking about the Red Hot Knicks, and we continue with your calls on that, but I did want to get into some of the football stuff. Tomorrow is D-Day for the Giants, and while there seemed to be some optimism over the course of the weekend, that would point, and who knows what these freaking reports, there are mixed stories here where, you know, uh, sides are far apart all of a sudden. Oh, no, the sides are working on agreement, and there's optimism a deal could be reached by Tuesday. Tuesday, of course, where they have to decide about the franchise tag. Either way, we all know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Giants next season. It's going to be Daniel Jones. Just a matter of if Daniel Jones is going to be playing under the franchise tag, or will the Giants and Jones camp be able to come up with some kind of resolution here to where they could lock him up long-term, and more importantly to where they then could go out there and try to build the rest of their team. That's the key. Because if Jones is signed to an extension, or not an extension, but if Jones is signed to a long-term deal, then they have more flexibility this year with the cap. They could franchise tag Saquon Barkley if need be, and then go from there. And that's how you start to build a better team. If you have to franchise tag Daniel Jones, now you're screwed. And... You're going to have to eventually figure something out with a guy that you clearly want to be your franchise quarterback. This is not a decision where, oh, the Giants are unsure if they want Daniel Jones or if they want Saquon Barkley. They want both those guys back, but at what cost? That's the key. And I do trust Joe Shane wholeheartedly. He's been transparent. He's shown his smarts. He's not going to succumb to any demands that he feels will prevent the team from being successful. It's well noted that everybody in the Giants building, whether it's Shane, Dable, ownership, whoever, they all want both Jones and Barkley back, but it's got to be reasonable for the team. And I think he'll make the reasonable right decision. But we'll find out soon enough whether something happens today uh, or um, you know, if we go right up until that deadline with the franchise tag. The other side of town... It feels like uh, you just get the feeling Rogers is going to come out with something this week. It can't go on much longer where people are waiting for Rogers to make a decision. And he's not going to rush it. But in reality, there is a time crunch. And he knows that. I mean, Rogers, for his own well-being, probably wants to come up with a decision sooner or later. I don't think he's going to sit on this for months here. And... Once he does, you know, you saw reports over the weekend that Miami might be looking to explore options at quarterback beyond Tua Tagovailoa. We talked about that being a possibility. That could be a problem. 
for the Jets. And maybe that's what Rodgers is waiting for. Who knows what his real intentions are here. But with Rodgers, he's going to be the Jets' number one option. And maybe the Jets are actually somebody else's number one option. While they may be waiting on Rodgers, it sounds like Derek Carr might be leaning Jets more so than Carolina or New Orleans. And, you know, it, it, it you're getting the sense, and we kind of felt this way coming in. We knew the Jets were going to get one of the free agent quarterbacks, but it seems like it's going to be Rodgers or Carr. The way that they talked about Carr, the double, you know, they had two meetings, one with the second one being with Woody Johnson, where they rave about him, whether it's Joe Douglas, whether it's Robert Sala, and the idea that we're still here without anything happening shows you that the Jets want Rodgers first. I don't know if they told Carr that flat out, but I feel like the signs show you their first choice is Rodgers. And while Carr may be excited about being a Jet, he's going to have to wait it out. And if he's really that excited about possibly being a Jet, then he will wait it out. And if not, he goes to New Orleans or, or Carolina. But that's where we're at with the top two quarterbacks as we get closer and closer to finding out. I mean, who knows? Maybe with Rodgers, it's next week we find out where the calendar year starts for the or the league year starts for the uh, NFL. But the Giants will know by tomorrow the latest what happens with Daniel Jones. 877-337-6666. Louie is calling from Somerset, New Jersey. Good morning, Louie. Hey, what's going on, Sal? How's everything? Good, Louie. How are you? I'm I'm great. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. Go. Yes. I love it. I love that song. Hey, Sal. Mm-hmm. What, the Knicks, what the Knicks are doing right now, though, they're putting a lot of pressure on Philly to keep that number three seed. Um, it's not a far, far-fetched conclusion that we can – we're talking about moving up to the fourth seed, but we're not that far from the far, from the third seed. And Philly needs to keep it going because if not, we can catch them. I don't think I don't that's think possible so. with the amount of games left, though, Lewis. We have 16. I believe they have 18 games left. They have to have um, – they well, what is it? They're up two games on us right now on the win column. Um, no, they they are up right now. Uh, yeah, eight games overall. You went to just the win column, right? Philadelphia is forty-one and twenty-two. Knicks are thirty-nine and twenty-seven. Yeah, so I mean, right? But it's I, five. I, you forget the win column because you're right. If you look at it and just say it's two, then yeah, they could catch them in the win column. The problem is you got to make up the games in the loss column. So the Knicks have to gain five games in sixteen. With uh, with behind Philadelphia, that's going to be hard to do, if not impossible. That, but that's what I'm saying. That it's not impossible. They just they they're putting a lot of pressure on Philly to keep up what they're doing because you know I mean we're 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 not that far off from them. You're right. You're right that to make up five games with 16 left, you know it's it, it's hard. But I mean, man, like I was looking, I was I was watching that game tonight, and I was on the edge of my seat. You know. Um, I again, oh man! Even though even though he he gives us he's giving us some big shots, but Randall just drives me crazy when he's doing all this dribbling. Because if if, if he wasn't doing all of this dribbling, he doesn't turn the ball over. It's a possibility we could win the game in in um in regulation. Oh, the traveling! Um, but he does it all the time. I mean, at least he's consistent with it. We all know what's coming. I hate it. Even against Miami, I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? And then he did obviously you, hit the shot. Did you did you did you see how Tibbs looked at him after, after he made after he made that shot? Tibbs you looked right, at him like when when um against the Heat. Tibbs looked at him like, who the heck told you to shoot that shot? And then yeah. you know he meant it. Tim didn't look happy with the shot, but it went in. And he had a well, it was a terrible shot. It was a terrible shot. It was a bad possession. And he keeps doing the same thing, Randall. He's trying he to be the sim- hero. He had a similar one today, too. He had a similar three-pointer, same thing, in the corner and stuff. Hey, real quick, Sal, before you let me go. 
I was gonna ask one question, right? So now, just hypothetically speaking, if you was a quarterback, if you knew that a team you're not their number one priority, why would you be? Why would you hold off to see what they're gonna do? Why not just? So we're talking about Carr, right? So we know that the Jets, they're not. He's not their number one priority, right? If you have a possibility, like why not? Why not go ahead and go to the NFC South? Listen, the NFC South, it stinks. So you can you you your best way to get to the playoffs. Well, let me ask you. But let me let me ask you, Louis. Would you rather go you yourself? Would you rather play in New York or Carolina or New Orleans? Um. Because I love New York, I'm gonna say New York. But if I was looking me, at it me from too, a, no, but me but too. It, and I knew that I knew that was gonna be your answer, which is why I asked you. So, what if Derek Carr looks at New York and says, "You know what? I want to win in New York because I know winning in New York is gonna mean more than winning in New Orleans or Carolina." That's a fair point. That, that, I mean, that that is a fair point. I'm looking at it from the point of view that I mean, it's not, I like, might, it's not I, like they don't want him. It's not like they don't want them. And by the way, sometimes the first choice is not the best choice. The Jets could be making a mistake. Now, I don't think that they are with Rodgers. But if I'm Carr, I'm thinking, okay, that's where I want to be. And even if they want me as their second choice, I'm going to go prove to them that I should have been their first choice. Okay. But that's just me. That's the way that I would look at it. Now, why do you care? Who do you want for the Jets? I mean, I, I, I'm just watching. I'm a Giants fan, so I'm just watching it. I, I personally, I think that Rodgers is just he, uh, he, he gives you a better. Like if with Rodgers, you're, you're, you're talking Super Bowl possibility, Super Bowl. You don't talk Super Bowl with any other quarterback. Agreed, and that's why I think the Jets are waiting for him. And thank you for the call, Louis. Appreciate you checking in. That's why I think the Jets are waiting for him. Look, the Jets are in a good spot here. Now, again, we've been over this. It doesn't really matter at at this particular point. I don't love Carr, but I understand why people do and why the Jets would be high on him. So the Jets are in a good spot. they got to be thinking to themselves, hey, we want Aaron Rodgers. We'll go all in to get Aaron Rodgers because we believe he's the best player that's out there. We'll wait on his decision to an extent. I mean, maybe they have a deadline. Maybe they have a self-imposed deadline. Nobody's going to push Aaron Rodgers around and give him a deadline. But let's say that the Jets say, hey, by you know March 17th, if we don't know what's going on with Rodgers, we're going to sign Derek. It feels like the Jets are destined to get one of the two. So Jeff fans should be looking at a worst-case scenario this year with Derek Carr, which is not a bad worst-case scenario. And... Similar to what we're doing with the Knicks, how all year long we've been putting a cap on what the Knicks can be, how far they can go. You know, and I'll do it with Derek Carr. I don't believe that they would go far in the postseason. But who's to say that Carr all of a sudden can't come into his own the way Jalen Brunson did and become one of the top quarterbacks in the league? Statistically, you know, he's got it in him. We've seen it. Statistically, big difference between that and actually winning football games. But, you know, maybe Carr could elevate this team to a level where we weren't sure he could. And maybe Rodgers, if he came here, maybe he would be a bust. You don't know. That's why we love sports. Not that predictable. Rodgers puts them to me in the Super Bowl conversation. Carr puts them in the playoff conversation. And I think there are a lot of quarterbacks who you can put on the Jets and put them in the postseason. And make no mistake about it. I mean, they may not have a specific mandate, at least publicly. If the Jets don't make the postseason, it's an epic, epic, epic failure. Especially when you look at what the Giants did in year one with Joe Shane and Brian Dable in what was just a, a franchise in ruins after Gettleman, you know, left, was ousted, left, whatever. After Gettleman moved on, the Giants were left in ruins, and Joe Shane and Brian Dable were able to take that and get to the second, the divisional round, not even just the playoffs. They got to the divisional round. The Jets have to make the postseason. And it's nice to have those expectations. 
but then they have to deliver. And regardless of who the quarterback is, and, and to me, like I said, at this point, I think it's Rodgers or Carr. I can't imagine the Jets getting to a point where they miss out on both those guys. Unless you see Carr sign here this week. Unless Carr signs first, the Jets are not missing out on both those guys. The only scenario is if Carr signs elsewhere first. If he waits for Rodgers, I think the Jets are good. And if you use common sense, again, I have no sources, but use some common sense and think about it. The report then came out yesterday that Carr might be leaning Jets of the three. He hasn't made a decision yet. Jets still Jets talk about raving about uh, Carr and loving him. And they obviously haven't made their decision, but they talk about loving him. So what, what, what would it tell you if you use common sense? Seems like the Jets are waiting for Rodgers and... Carr's their second choice, and it also feels like Carr knows that, and he's going to wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers before he makes a decision. I told you. I thought Rodgers was coming to the Jets. There was one team and one team only that scared me. That's Miami. And now as we get potentially closer to a, a resolution here, it sounds like Miami is going to be in the mix. That's a legit threat. Never was threatened by the Raiders at all. Didn't think there were any other good options in the AFC. Packers said they weren't trading them to the NFC. If they stay true to that, I think it's just going to come down to the Jets and Dolphins. And that would concern me a little bit. Because if you're Miami or if you're Aaron Rodgers, why wouldn't you want to go play in Miami with the weapons that they have on offense? Miami's offense is no doubt significantly better than the Jets. It's not like it's not even close. I don't care if Hackett's there or not. It's not even close. And the Jets, it's not like they don't have any young pieces, but the offense is not even close. And it's Miami where some people, maybe Rodgers, would prefer to go. Live in Miami for a couple years, play for the Dolphins, not have to deal with the New York media. Maybe those are things that he looks at that, he would prefer. But let's hope we get to a decision here sooner than later so it doesn't drag out. And I do think, like I said, if Rodgers is still dragging this out by the end of the week, by next week, you just get the feeling the Jets are going to make a decision and move on and go sign Carr. They can, they can hold out for a little bit. They cannot play quarterback roulette here and risk losing their top two because there's a significant fall off from Carr to Garoppolo. I still think playoffs would be the expectation from Garoppolo, but I don't think that the ceiling is as high. Garoppolo, he's, you know, a guy that's going to benefit from having a team that could really run the football um, and have a great defense, sure, but the Jets' defense isn't what the the Niners' defense was when they went to the Super Bowl, or even this year. Jets' defense isn't on that level, and neither is their running game. It could get there at some point, but it's not right now. So the Jets, I feel like, need a little bit more than what Garoppolo has been on his best days as a 49er. And Carr is that. He's more. Different, but he's more. And still, neither of those guys compare anywhere close to what Aaron Rodgers could bring. 877-337-6666. We'll get to your calls on the Knicks, on the Giants, Jets, whatever it is you want to discuss. Getting some baseball as well. Kodai Senga was out there yesterday for the Mets. I can't get, you know, Verlander the other day. We'll get Fleek's thoughts on his vacation and what he saw with the Mets uh, in Jupiter on Saturday. Um, I can't get into the spring training numbers, and even with the pitchers, well, you know they're just throwing two innings, and it's kind of warm-up stuff. It's hard to get into. You read about it, you watch some of the highlights, but hard to really get into spring training because ultimately you know, the stats just don't mean anything. I don't care if a guy hits 10 homers in the spring, generally means zero when it comes to actually performing come April in the regular season. You know, the games that count. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. 
Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan. You don't need to find a pot of gold to strike it rich this March. Instead, win money on your tournament wagers with Superbook Sports. Superbook features the best team of odds makers in the business. So they're safe, or they're the safe bet when it comes to sports gambling. You have a direct line to their experienced staff behind the counter in Las Vegas. They also have one of the most extensive betting menus around. So no matter what you want to wager on come tournament time, Superbook is sure to have it. Download the Superbook app and start winning today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We were talking to Fleegs earlier about his vacation. So, Fleegs, what did you learn did you learn anything about spring training? I don't know if you're a regular. I forget what we talked about here, but I know you went down and saw the Mets in Jupiter, and you're obviously on vacation uh, aside from that. You're not Evan Roberts just going on vacation to watch baseball games, especially meaningless ones. But what did you take away from your time watching the Mets so far this spring? Well, I took away that I'll get to do it again in the future because I've been to spring training a few times, but my wife, she's a big baseball fan, goes to a lot of Met games, had never been to spring training, so... She got a little taste of it, enjoyed it. It was in Port St. Lucie. We were just in Florida for a couple of hours. It just lined up that the Mets were close to where we were. Mets were in Jupiter, so we rented a car and drove up before our flight back to New Jersey late Saturday night. So I learned that I'll get to go do it again in the future and visit all the South Florida sites. I saw that Ronnie Mauricio, yeah, we heard about how big he is. Guy looks like a giant compared to most guys on the baseball field. And I learned that it's pretty awesome to watch a guy pitch and it's Justin Verlander and he's wearing a Mets uniform. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you were there for that. Even Verlander was saying, I guess, afterward that he did look down at his chest seeing the, the Mets logo on uh, you know, on his jersey there and he got excited about it. Only a few times in his career that he's changed teams. And not um, surprisingly, because so Jupiter is split between the Marlins and the Cardinals. I saw a picture today, there were a ton of Cardinals fans there. That was not the case on Saturday. There are, you know, we know this. There are very few human beings who care about the Miami Marlins. So that stadium, they announced the attendance of over 4,000, at least 2,500 Met fans, if not more, in the building on Saturday. So when Verlander now, has two strikes, people are clapping. From how what? Far, from Port St. Lucie. I think it's the closest one to Port St. Lucie. It, uh, it was 20 minutes from West Palm, so... Probably maybe about okay. 40, 45 so minutes from Port St. Lucie, if that. Right, so West Palm is about 40 minutes or so from Port St. Lucie. Okay, so then it'll be even closer because we were 20 minutes from West Palm, 20 minutes north. So Jupiter is between West Palm and Port St. Lucie. So the only reason why I'm asking, well, I mean, I'm curious too about uh, just your trip in general, but I'm saying that uh, when I go, I'm leaving the 17th to go down there. They're playing a home game. The Mets are on Port St. Lucie the 17th. And then I think they're in Jupiter on that 18th and then back home. Oh, it's, I just looked it up. It's 33 minutes. So very oh, easy trip. Wow. Wow. That's and not Jupiter's bad at all. And uh, like, you know, I don't know the last time you've been to Port St. Lucie, but, you know, there's not a ton of stuff. They're, they've built it up in the area, but still right at the facility. It's just, you know, the Mets Stadium, all the practice fields and everything. In Jupiter... Like, you're driving through, like, a little strip mall, and then there's parking garages and hotels. There were people staying in the hotel. You walk out of the stadium and cross half a parking lot. You know, it's 10, 20 feet, and then you're in the hotel you're staying at. So they have a lot set up in that little area. Shops, restaurants, a whole lot to do over there in Jupiter with the two teams. It's one of those things I've always heard of my whole life, you know, watching the Mets in spring training. Jupiter, Florida now. The Mets will take on the Tigers, whatever it may be. And I've never been. Maybe I should go check that out on that Saturday. I if would. I, and I, I got lucky, too, with one other thing. I bought the tickets before we left for the cruise because, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to be on the trip. I'm not going to want to looking uh, be looking at ticket prices and monitoring StubHub or whatever. So I found good seats, like six rows right behind the Mets on deck circle for a decent price a couple weeks ago. So I just said, let me grab them now. And then, of course, while we're on the cruise last, whatever it was, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, the days all blend together, seeing online that, well, Justin Verlander is going to make his first start in a Mets uniform, very lucky that I got those tickets a couple weeks in advance. 
Yeah, I'm sure uh, they would go up. Have you two questions? One, um, when you go to Port St. Lucie, do you rent a car or do you Uber? Oh, yeah, we rent. Uh, I mean, the first two times I was down there, I've only been to Port St. Lucie and stayed three times. I've done, Like last year, I did a day trip, so we just drove up from Fort Lauderdale. So the first couple times, I think, were before Uber and Lyft even existed. So we've always rented a mm. car. Yeah, I just was curious about what I'm going to do here. I don't financially, whatever. It's probably about the same thing. I just don't know. Like the convenience of Uber to me is great. You book an Uber, you take it, whether it's from the airport or whatever, you get dropped off to the airport. But then is it a pain in the neck to get a car around there? Because I know it's not like New York. In New York, we take it for granted. Probably where... depends on how far you're staying from uh, Cloverfield, or uh, I think that's the name of the stadium now. Right. Uh, how close you're staying to there? And remember, Port St. Lucie. You know, there's I know there's that one shopping center with Duffy's and maybe a couple other restaurants, but I don't know exactly how close it is to the stadium. So the Ubers adding up may cost you enough where it's not convenient enough and you just rent the car. Right. But then you're thinking about like, well, what if I go out at night and want to, you know, have a couple of drinks? I'm going to have to Uber anyway. Right. Then you find a designated driver. (laughs) And then how was your vacation, Fleegs? The actual vacation, not just the baseball game. Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it went by in the blink of an eye. I'm, I came in, I'm driving in tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm really? Was I really gone for eight or nine days? Because What'd it, you do? It, you went a cruise where? Uh, to the Caribbean. Left out of Miami and, the, and a Caribbean this, cruise. This was not honeymoon, right? No, this was the honeymoon. Oh, this was the honeymoon. Yes, okay, it was. Right, because I knew you po- so you got married in, was it August or July? July. So right, then you there, got married there, in July. There wasn't a, a time just for a bunch of reasons, work, other stuff, where we were going to be able to go on the honeymoon until the middle of December, like two weeks before Christmas. And I said at that point, I asked my wife, you know, I really would like to not go around, away for a bunch of days during the football season. If we have to wait till December, can we just wait until February when I want to be away from work anyway in this you know time period of nothing? And she was on board with that. This week worked, found the right cruise for us, and just had an absolutely terrific time. Wow, that is great. So now the honeymoon is in the books, and so it begins. Listen, we might be traveling again next week because uh, Penn State basketball looks like they might be going to the NCAA tournament. So in two weeks, she's going to want to go to that. Hey, is Rutgers knocked out here or what? No, they lost again yesterday, right? They did lose uh, to Northwestern on Sunday night. They are probably still going to make it, but... The situation now gets a lot dicier than it was a week ago for Rutgers. They're, I don't understand one, you what de- the hell they definitely happened. are going to want to win their uh, Big Ten tournament game just to kind of save their own resume, and then they might be in that range of hoping a lot of teams don't steal automatic bids with upsets, bumping at-large teams or, or teams that would be in or we're assuming in right now to at-large spots. How did this happen? I mean, you, I know you don't like Rutgers necessarily, but and we had uh, we were talking to Jerry the other day as he came in. He came live in studio after the heartbreaking loss uh, to Minnesota, and he was just despondent at 2 a.m., and then he had to go take a nap on Boomer's couch before coming back in to do the war- uh, do the show because he was filling in for Boomer um, with Geo. But w- what the hell happened here to Rutgers? I thought they were on such a good run to start the year, midway through the year. They were having a couple of marquee wins, and then they just f- collapsed. I mean, they've fallen off here in the last week. Yeah, pretty. I mean, it, that really is it in the last month, month and a half since the end of January, maybe start of February, they had the three-game losing streak. They just, they kind of fell apart. I mean, they, most of the guys are still there. They've had maybe a guy miss a a game here. You know, I I remember there was one game where McConnell missed it. He's one of their top players. But they're close enough to full strength where this should not be happening. The Big Ten is a tough league. You know, even the other day, losing to Minnesota. Minnesota's the worst team in the conference. It's not as bad as it might look because this is a conf- – I mean, Maryland is a ranked team that lost at Penn State today on a buzzer beater. They've won one game in the conference away from home all year, and they were in the top 25 going into Sunday. So it is a brutal conference in terms of winning games on the road. Rutgers just, after they got off to an incredible start, flirted with rankings a few times. The last month and a half, or really month, have just been really brutal for them. Yeah, it, it's a shame, too, because I like Peichel. I root for that program. 
just to be able to, you know, to uh, have a rooting interest locally, and it'd be nice to see them go out there and compete in the tournament. Man, some crushing losses for them in this past week. And I just thought I have not paid close enough attention to it, although this week maybe we'll do something. I have one of my buddies from SNY who's a college basketball expert. You'll all be blown away by his knowledge, so we'll give Jackson a chance to come on at some point this week and break. When did the, they, they start this week, Fleagues, the conference tournaments? Well, the what, small, two? the some of the mid-majors already started. A couple tickets have already been punched. Right, And I the bigger that. ones will start this week. The Big Ten starts on Wednesday. Rutgers will play in the second round on Thursday. And, yeah, they that's why I wanted to come back this week because, for me, I know other people are kind of maybe looking ahead to the week after that when you have NFL free agency and you have the tournament. This, for me, was the week where, no, 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 I want to be back by this week because come Wednesday and Thursday, things really kick into high gear for psychopath college basketball fans slash degenerates like me. This weekend is the really fun one. Yeah, well, it's we get different than March Madness, the actual tournament, but this one's a ton of fun as well. No, these are fun, and it used to be more fun where you know when the Big East was actually the Big East. I used to love going, even though I'm not a big college basketball fan. Oh, going to the nothing beat going to the Big East tournament. Oh my God, it was so much fun. I'm telling you, as a non-college basketball, I shouldn't say I'm not a college basketball fan, but I'm not even close. Even if to, you're a casual fan, just the yeah. admin, nothing in sports. Well, I, I could throw some college football things in there. But I don't just if you're a fan of only professional sports, you know, some environments are crazy. Yeah, the garden is nuts for Knicks games and Rangers games. There's a different element to college games and college fans that you just truly cannot ever appreciate or understand until you're in it. Yeah, it just feels a lot more fun. And for me, it was a new experience. And plus, anything tournament style, I, I don't know. Ever since WrestleMania 4, anything tournament style, I love. I just love it. So that's why I think the tournament sells so well because people like the brackets and people like the advancement and who's going home and who's moving on and who's playing who next. Well, you have that with obviously the conference tournaments as well, and it's always been a thing. You get to see if you go to the Garden you know, for the day session, the night session, whatever it may be, you're seeing all these different teams play, and then the, you know, the next day you go or, or two days later. and you Teams see that fighting for their team. lives. If they lose, they're just the whole season's over. You know, it's not professional athletes who come back the next year. In some case, you have seniors who know they're never going to play again. I remember going to a couple of Big East tournaments. Pitsnoggle, remember him? He was a big player in one of the tournaments that I went to, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then Devendorf with with uh, Syracuse, where I was at that, what was it, the six-overtime game? I actually had to leave early. You were at that? Oh, I never knew you were at that game. Yeah, I got credentials from the fan, and we used to get excellent credentials, courtside seats, dude. Not only was I at the game, I was courtside, which was unbelievable. And we, I had to leave because we were, at the time, we were in Astoria, and my car was in a parking garage that closed at a certain time, so I actually had to leave that game early. I mean, I made it through a few of the overtimes, I think, but I had to leave that game early to go make sure I got my car out. Because regardless of how great that game was, I was not getting stuck in a story of Queens for the night. But yeah, I was at that game. What now, point was that game about... at when you left? Um, I want to say I stuck it out at least three overtimes. Oh, so you I, know I was de- you know you're leaving in the middle of it. Like if you have to leave in the first half because it was the late game, all right, it's annoying, but whatever. You don't know that there's a classic brewing at three overtimes, you know, all right, this is going to go down as one of the greatest games of all time. And I have to leave. Yeah. I no, I knew that I was leaving something. You're, you're in the, you was in the middle of it. I might've waited a little bit longer. I just, I forget if I go back and look at the timing, um, I could check it out. Cause I'm pretty sure I had to be back to the lot by like midnight or something. Maybe, maybe one, something like that. But yeah, I remember being at that game, man, I'll tell you sitting, sitting courtside too. Because that was the first time we were able to do it. You know, we, I think I want to say Mike went to that game as well, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. You know what year that was, Fleeks? Do you remember what year that was? Two thousand. I think two thousand nine. Because I was still in high okay. school. I know if I was, was at a game in 2010, Providence and Seton Hall. I went to all four games one day of the Big East tournament, and Seton Hall came back from 29 points down with under 14 minutes to go, and you know the the point totals were in the hundreds. It just a wild like again the atmosphere. Obviously, because it was Seton Hall, there were a lot of local fans. It's nuts. I cannot even imagine. I know JJ talks a lot about the uh, yeah. the six overtime game. Does he know you were at that one and had to leave? Yeah, we talked about it the last week. I think it came up on SNY somehow. 
Um, uh, I'm just reading the headline right now. It says the greatest college basketball game ever played. Yeah, yeah, great. it was 2009. So 2009, Mike was there then because I was producing or not producing, but like I was the board op for Mike. Um, and we went to that game. I'm pretty sure we went together, and I don't know if we all left together or what, but we were there and left early. Three hours, or I left early, um, and we were sitting courtside. Three I can't imagine 40. Mike would leave that game. I mean, if, if Mike's car, you know, whatever, it's Mike Hill. He he might not have, but I definitely had to because my my car was in a lot. So I'm just trying to think of three hours and 46 minutes. Usually those games start at what, like 7, uh, seven o'clock, 8 o'clock? I probably had to be back by midnight. No, that might have been the late game. That might have been, you know, there were, uh, the second session was 6.30 and 9, so around three overtimes. Oh, yeah, was, probably was getting close o'clock. to midnight. Right, and I think that's probably why. I had to make sure I got back there and got my car. Do you believe that? I should have just left the freaking car there, and I could say I was at the whole game. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember Dorf going off. That Exciting. game started, it said it was scheduled to start at 9.30. It might have started even a little bit later if the game before ran long. Because that means the first game of that session started at 7 o'clock. Yeah, I don't know why my memory is not great on this. Um, other than just, I just remember Devendorf. That was it. He was an absolute stud. But yeah, you're right. Even the casual basketball fan, the tournament is so much fun. And going to it, whether it's the Big East tournament, whether it's the NCAA tournament, if you're lucky to go to that, it can be a lot of fun uh, as well. So we'll have some fun talking about that along the way. Not going to get too much into it, but have some fun with that along the way as we start to pick up the college hoops. Tomorrow, you know, college hoops later in the week. And then, of course, next week, tomorrow, you have the deadline for the franchise tag. So that's going to be something to watch specifically with Daniel Jones. That'll be a huge talking point throughout the course of uh, the day today, tomorrow, and uh, with whatever their decision is. And then, of course, you wait for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers or Carr. I would think that one of those guys is going to be a Jets quarterback next season. And I don't, even though I don't love Carr, it's not a bad thing for the Jets that their quarterback should be one of those two options. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The ball game is over and Shea Stadium will close its doors for the final time this afternoon. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. We're talking Knicks. We're talking Jets quarterback situation with Rodgers and Carr, Giants, and the franchise tag potentially for Daniel Jones. Are they going to be able to come to an agreement before Tuesday, which is the deadline for the franchise tag? If not, then Daniel Jones will be tagged by the Giants because he is going to be their starting quarterback this coming season. And when you... You know, look at what Joe Shane and Brian Dable have out there in front of them. You you obviously have to do a good job in the draft, and there's talk about some of the wide receivers potentially that they could get. 
know, they know that they need Daniel Jones back. It's all because of him. He is the centerpiece to anything that they've done well on offense last year. So they know the importance of bringing him back. But, man, <clears throat> and we've talked about it many times about the quarterback play around the league and where you rank Jones in comparison to the guys around the league. And we talk about it all the time. He's probably just outside that top 10, for my opinion. Some may think he's in the top 10. Some may think he's you know around 15, whatever. To me, he's between 10 and 15. That is not worth over 45 million bucks. And I just don't understand why Jones is playing hardball here, or at least his agents are playing hardball with the Giants. When... He knows he will benefit if he just takes a little bit less to make it fit the cap situ- to, to make it fit better for the cap situation. Why does he got to go to, you know, if I'm the Giants and here they are playing hardball with him and they're saying probably some nasty things about Jones. You know, Shane even had to go up to Daniel Jones and let him know, hey, you know, it's not the personal. We want you. We love you. But these things tend to get worse before they get better. If I'm the Giants, without being disrespectful and who knows how exactly it's said, I'm telling Jones representatives, dude, you've, he's been in the league, you know, four years here. Three of them have been bad. One has been okay or good. I'll give you good. Well, I shouldn't say okay. One's been good. Three bad, one good. Or if you want to give him his first year, you could say one was eh, so-so. Two bad, one good. How in the world do you think I'm going to pay you just off of that one good last year? There's no way you're worth almost 50 million bucks. Like it's just not, it's not even a debate. It's not up for debate. The other thing is if the Giants wanted to play hardball, let Jones go out there and talk to other teams. See if anybody would match whatever offer they give. That's one thing I would love to see is what Jones would get on the open market. Giants have the option, obviously, to franchise tag him. The other teams could not do that. But how many teams would be knocking down Daniel Jones' door for his services? Maybe they'd be a lot more than I think. Maybe I'd be surprised with that. You know, For all the talk about the Jets and they need a quarterback, what if Daniel Jones was available? How high up the list? Would he be for them? I'm sure quarterback needy team, quarterback needy teams, would be interested. But to what extent? You know, would would it's not like New Orleans or Carolina would put Daniel Jones on the Derek Carr type level? And I don't even think Carr is that good. So if I don't think Carr is that good, and I don't think Jones is as good as Carr. I mean, they're totally different. One obviously, you know throws the ball significantly better, or at least has the bigger numbers through the air than the other. Jones is more of a running quarterback, and you could say maybe Jones more of a winning quarterback as well. The fact that they already got to the second round of the postseason, where you look at the Raiders and it's just been a losing team. No, that'll be an interesting debate. Jones coming back, Carr with the with the Jets. Who's the better quarterback between those two? Obviously, if it's Rodgers, there's no it's no contest. But Carr and Jones may be fighting for back page headlines as quarterbacks in New York. I wonder who gets the edge there. I mean, I still probably have to give it to Carr because he's a better thrower of the football. Anyway, the point is, Jones, $45 million a year? Come on. It's not right. Kenny is calling, and I can't blame him for wants to take the most money possible, but to me, that is doing your team a disservice, and I would go nowhere near the $45 million a year for Daniel Jones. Kenny is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Kenny? Hey, what's up? What's up, man? What's, what's going on? Yeah, I just want to double back on what you were saying about the years that Daniel Jones has spent in New York. Three of the years, we were all pulling our hair out, trying to figure out what's going on, even those of us who don't have hair, like myself. Uh, year four, he decides to show up a little bit. But my whole thing is, was he handcuffed a bit in year four? Because I feel like he threw for like 20-some touchdowns in his rookie or second year. Uh, I'm not sure how much for the other years, but then year four. The first like year, I think, was his best with, with, with Shermer. Remember the first year with Shermer is right, where he right, had right. some success. He threw about 22, 24 touchdowns. No handcuffs, a lot of turnovers. 
They put handcuffs on them, no turnovers, less touchdowns. Like that, you know, the 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 math is not adding up when you when you're talking forty five plus. Now, what's his what are his agents doing for one? And if his agents are doing this without his consent, or if he's not backing it, why is he not speaking out on this? No, of he course he's fired. backing it. He you know he's backing it. Right. He he, he so fired his, his he fired his original agent and hired these guys. Right, and we thought he fired his original agent because they were asking for too much, but I guess they wasn't asking for enough. Like this is, I don't, I, I like the kid. I think the kid has great potential. You know, he could he could go one of two ways. He could go Josh Allen or he could go Mitch Trubisky. You know, either way. Right. But I like the kid. I think Good the kid point. has great potential. But I don't, I'm, I don't feel comfortable with the fact that they put handcuffs on the kid, and he only threw 15 touchdowns. But he's asking for money that are are is deserving of someone. A quarterback who threw for 35 to 50 touchdowns. Correct. And I'm not worried about just the numbers, but I think you nailed it. Where he's asking for money that quarterbacks that put up big-time numbers that are legitimate quarterbacks as far as their passing goes. And he is just not that. I mean, he threw for he threw for thirty two hundred yards. You know, this was his best year as far as completion percentage, as far as yardage total. Now, remember, he also played his most games with sixteen, and Mm -hmm. it, it was the best year as far as fewest interceptions. But to your point, look at the risks that maybe he was taking early on in his career. That has not been the case, uh, certainly not the last couple of years, or this year where you know they don't have the weapons at wide receiver. But still, Daniel Jones was a guy who made most of his, did most of his damage with his legs. With his legs. With his legs. And, and, and that's, that's a dangerous thing. You know, we talk about Lamar and he's running quarterbacks. But what? Because uh, because because a guy is two hundred plus pounds, we don't we're not concerned about his running. Cam Newton was running, and he got tripled by the end of his career. Like wh- like, what are we doing here? We got to evaluate this kid it's, the proper way. It's just hard, Kenny. And, and again, I'm not a stats guy whatsoever. And I think Daniel Jones had a terrific season. And I think all the questions about could this guy be a quarterback that could take them, you know, to the playoffs and to the next round or whatever. Well, he did it. So now you know that he can do it. However, it is hard to justify a guy that threw 15 touchdowns, 10 the year before, 11 the year before that, is going to start to command $45 million a year. It's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I, if I can see if he made his receivers look great, like a, like like a Tom Brady would do when he had no weapons, or like a Patrick Mahomes just did. Now this is year four for Daniel Jones, so I don't I don't feel like the excuses should be there for him. You had all of these years. Yes, you had these the head coaches switching up on you, and it was kind of confusing, kind of what Baker Mayfield went through. But Baker Mayfield went through it, and he failed. Daniel Jones went through it, and he's not looking that great either. He didn't even have a season as good as Baker Mayfield's best season. So I don't really know what we're well, talking about, about now. Like I, said, well, I, I, I don't I like Baker Mayfield. I think Jones is better than than Baker Mayfield. I don't have a problem. I'm not saying no. no with, I'm not saying Jones is not is, is is not as good as Baker or better. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he didn't show us that he's better, and we're going to pay well, him money did. that uh, he didn't he, show us. I, I think he did. I think he is. I mean, I think he's shown us he's better than Baker Mayfield. If that's the comparison you look, you're looking to make, I think he's better. Well, than Well, no, Mayfield. I'm just thinking about Baker Mayfield's first. What is it for his first season? By the end of his first season, the second season before it started, they were giving him the, the MVP. They were like, he, he's he's going to be an MVP favorite. So yeah, he had a he had a way better season than uh, Daniel Jones ever had. That's the only reason why I'm saying that. Now, intangibles, talent, measurables. Daniel Jones has all of that, and he has the potential to have. To blow Baker Mayfield out the water when you look at the kid, but he just hasn't done it. You understand? Yeah, I, I mean, mean Baker Mayfield, his first year. I'm just looking up some of the numbers here. His first year, he's 27 and 14. The next year, 22 and 21, as far as touchdowns and interceptions go. Third year, 26 to eight. I mean, the thing is, they're different players, and Jones is just not that guy who's going to throw for uh, a lot of touchdowns. I mean, they run the football with them more so, especially now with Brian Dable being in charge. So I don't know. It's a weird um, comp with Daniel Jones and everybody else. He's just – he's a, I'm with you, I think, Kenny. I think the bottom line is – And I just have one more good... question. 
Yeah, and I'll let you get to it. We think he's a good quarterback, but not a quarterback that should be paid forty-five million bucks. I don't even think he should be yes, paid exactly. forty. I, 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 yes, I like the kid. Like you know, as a Giants, you know, long time, long time Giants fan, um, any Giants fan would understand. We don't, we're not accustomed to quarterbacks that just blow us out the water. We're accustomed to quarterbacks that get the job done. They might not have the, they might not be the best in the league at the time, like an Eli. He was never the best. He might have. Might have cracked top five at one point, maybe not. I don't know, but he always got the job done when it kind of like that pass to Ma- to Manningham and and Super Bowl was one of the greatest passing catches I ever seen. Mm. It was so smooth under pressure. So I just I just want to know what happens when Saquon leaves Daniel Jones because when he left this season, what happened? Daniel Jones he still held it down a little bit, but he he he, he what the the Giants offense wasn't as effective. So what happens if? They say we, we, we go, okay, forget about it. We're gonna tag Daniel Jones and Saquon's asking too much, so Saquon's probably gonna gonna leave. So what happens? I think then? Jones is gonna yeah, Joe well, first of all, the Giants are gonna have to go find a running back, which I trust Joe Shane will do. And, you know, they they have to figure out how they're gonna bring in some weapons for Jones, but Jones is gonna learn the hard way potentially that Hey, you know what? Because you wanted the most money possible, you hurt us as far as trying to build this better team around you. Now, Jones is right. He's entitled to go out there and take every last cent that he earns. And the Giants, Mm -hmm. it's up to them to decide if they're going to give it to him or not. But Mm -hmm. what happens is you then, for a quarterback that uh, of Jones' caliber to be milking the that much of the salary cap, you're you're not going to be able to build a good football team. Right, and then what does it do for other for for the future? The same way Deshaun Watson messed up the entire uh, 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 pay rate. What's going to happen with quarterbacks who are middle of the pack or ten to fifteen, you know, ranking, asking for these large numbers? The ones yeah. that are really good, really good, are going to be going are going to be asking for seventy million per year. Like, what, what's what's happening here? Yeah, well, you're exactly right, Kenny, and thank you for the call. Good stuff as always. Appreciate you checking in. That's a good way to look at it, too. Well, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I say, well, Daniel Jones is getting 45. Let's just say Jones gets 45. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and I say Daniel Jones gets 45 million, I'm worth at least 80. Because there's no way you could tell me I'm not twice as good as he is. Rodgers is at least twice as good as Daniel Jones. And Jones is going to make almost 45 million a year? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.